Hello, friends. My name is Eric Cloward, and welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. The Stoic Coffee Break is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of Stoicism and do my best to break it down to its most important points. I share my experiences, both my successes and my failures, and hope that you can learn something from them and improve your life. Today's episode is called Mind Over Mood, The Stoic Art of Reframing. So one of the things that we talk a lot about in Stoicism is that it's our perspective on something that causes our distress. So how do we change our perspective on things? Are there tools that we can use to help us view things differently? Well, today I want to talk about some of the things that get in our way of broadening our perspective and what tools we can use to help us change our perspective. It's not the things themselves that disturb people, but their judgments about these things. Epictetus. Great minds don't always think alike. Anonymous. So one of the most important ideas in Stoicism is that our perspective is what informs and colors our opinion about the things that happen in our lives. And being aware of our own perspective is very challenging because we really only interact with the world through our own point of view and filters. We have attitudes and biases that we are often not aware of, which affect the way that we interpret the world and how we decide to respond to events and other people. Basically, we act based on our judgments, and our judgments are formed by what we think about a situation. For example, say that we have two people, Jane and Tony, and they're walking down the street to the coffee shop. They pass by a group of teenagers with skateboards hanging outside of a convenience store. Now, when Jane sees them, she smiles and remembers how she used to ride a skateboard at that age and how fun it was to hang out with her friends. Whereas when Tony sees the same group of kids, he becomes tense and anxious because he remembers some kids in his neighborhood where he grew up that rode skateboards and used to chase him down and beat him up. Now, each of them are seeing the exact same situation, but having completely different emotions about it based upon their experiences and their thoughts about the group of teenagers. So, reframing is a term that I used in the title, and reframing is when we actively work on changing our perspective on something. We do this through a couple of different steps. First, we become aware of our thinking. Second, we question our thinking by looking for evidence and using logic to prove or disprove our thoughts. And third, we correct errors in our thinking, which help us change what we make things to mean. So why is it important for us to improve our ability to change our perspective on how we view the world? When we learn how to shift our perspective on things, then we're better able to see things as they are and not just act upon our first impressions. We get a fuller picture and have a clearer understanding, which helps us make better choices. Sometimes just getting a slightly different perspective on something can completely change how we view something. For me, one of the clearest examples of how reframing can radically change how you understand something is from the movie The Sixth Sense. Now, if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, I'm warning you now that I'm going to reveal a bunch of big spoilers. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, I recommend that you watch it first and then come back and finish this episode. So now that you've been warned, The Sixth Sense opens with psychologist Malcolm Crowe, who is played by Bruce Willis, and his wife Anna, who is played by Olivia Williams and they're getting ready to go out to dinner. A patient of Malcolm's breaks into their house and ends up shooting Malcolm and then killing himself. After this incident, the movie introduces us to Cole, played by Haley Joe Osment, a frightened and withdrawn boy who is now a patient of Malcolm's. As the movie progresses, we see that Malcolm has been struggling to communicate with his wife and 
His relationship with her seems very strained. We also learn that Cole has the ability to see dead people, which is the cause of his fear. Malcolm helps Cole to try and understand and learn how to deal with this ability, and the two begin to form a strong bond. Near the end of the movie, which up to this point has seemed like a relationship between a boy and his therapist, it's finally revealed that Malcolm is actually dead, but didn't know that he was dead. Now, when this point in the movie happened, and it finally clicked for me that Malcolm was dead, it shifted my whole perspective on what the movie was really about. And for me, it was fascinating how it changed Malcolm's perspective on who he was and what was really happening to him. When I went back and watched it a second time, I felt like I was watching a completely different movie. Scenes where it seemed, had seemed like Malcolm was interacting with his wife or with any other person other than Cole were completely changed knowing that Malcolm was dead, but unaware of it. It was an extraordinary instance of my perspective shifting with new information. So what can we do to get better with reframing the world around us so that we can make better choices? There are a few practices that we can do which can really help change how we view a situation. Now, one of the first things we can do is identify cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions are common patterns that lead to negative or irrational thoughts. And this is very in line with what Seneca meant when he said, we are often more frightened than hurt, and we suffer more in imagination than reality. And to add on to that, Ellen Watts said, we see what we believe rather than what we see. So some of the most common cognitive distortions include the following. All or nothing thinking. This is where we think that things are one way or another, such as good or bad, or black or white. This pattern makes it really hard to see that there are shades of gray in things, that there are nuances in every situation and in every person. It also makes it challenging to see that sometimes both options can be true. An example of this comes from a listener who asked me how I reconcile self-acceptance with self-improvement. They felt that if they accepted themselves for who they were, that it meant that they were giving up on self-improvement. But these things are not mutually exclusive. You can accept yourself and all of your flaws and still want to improve. Just like how you accept a young child for who they are and all the things that they are not good at and still want them to grow and improve. The next cognitive distortion is mind reading. And this is where we think that we know what other people are thinking. We make assumptions of their opinion on us or what their motivations or intent are without any evidence. And this is something that I've struggled with throughout my life. And much of that came about from having to stay on my toes around my father. I was constantly guessing what he was thinking so that I could stay safe. The next one I want to talk about is personalization. And this is when we take responsibility for things that are not our fault or blame ourselves for things that are out of our control. And this type of thinking can lead to feelings of guilt, shame, and inadequacy. Often, this behavior comes from living in a dysfunctional home. If there is one or more parent that doesn't take responsibility for their actions and puts the blame on other members of the family, children learn to accept the blame for things that they haven't done in order to keep the peace. The last one I want to talk about is catastrophizing. And this is the tendency to exaggerate the significance of negative events and to expect the worst possible outcome. And this type of thinking can lead to feelings of anxiety, fear, and hopelessness, 
And this pattern of thinking can lead people to feel very overwhelmed because of the emotional weight that they put on even minor events. It can also stop us from making progress in challenging situations because it makes them seem like they are far more difficult than they actually are, leading to either bad decisions or just outright giving up. Now, once you become aware of these distortions in your thinking, you can start to challenge them and reframe them into more balanced and realistic thoughts. A good way of doing this is writing down your thoughts in a journal and answering questions such as, is this thought really true? Or is there any kind of evidence to support or contradict this thought? Those are just a couple of ways that you can start to become more aware of these kinds of patterns and notice their impact on your thinking. You can also discuss these ideas and these thoughts with someone you trust if you find that more helpful. The point is is to find a way to recognize what those thoughts are and question them in a rational and logical manner so that you can see things for what they really are. Now, once you have a handle on what you are thinking and have made the effort to logic through these cognitive distortions, you can use what you have learned to change how you view something. For example, rather than assuming that you know what someone is thinking, you recognize that you don't know until you ask or they volunteer the information. Rather than taking blame for things that you have no control over, you only take responsibility for your choices and actions and you can let go of the rest. Now, for any of these practices to be effective, there's a core skill that we all need to continue to develop. For me, this is one of the most important skills in Stoicism, and that is the skill of mindfulness. Now, I know that I sound like a broken record because I talk about mindfulness and meditation a lot. And the reason for this is that all other practices and processes that we might use to improve ourselves are dependent upon awareness. If we're unaware of our thoughts, our perspectives, or our cognitive distortions, then it makes it nearly impossible to actually change anything. It's like Carl Jung said, until we make the unconscious conscious, we will call it fate and it will rule our lives. And I know that I've used this quote by Jung many times because I feel it's such an important insight. Even just taking 15 minutes a day to sit and pay attention to your mind and observe your thinking can just make a giant difference in your life. Remember, meditation is not about zoning out. It's about focusing your attention on your thoughts and your body and your environment. Just as you would take time to work out and strengthen your body, meditation is taking time to strengthen your mind. The ability to change and broaden our perspective is probably one of the most important tools that we can develop in our lives. It is also one of the most helpful since the ability to see things from multiple perspectives gives us a more holistic picture of a situation or events. A fuller picture can help you see and understand things that you might have missed if you only rely on your own narrow perspective. It can help you understand other people and how they think and handle situations in a way that is much more beneficial to you and those around you. And that's the end of this week's Stoic Coffee Break. Be good to yourself, be good to others, and thanks for listening. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com slash stoiccoffee and help support this podcast by becoming a patron. Also, swing by our website at www.stoic.coffee where you can sign up for our newsletter and buy some great-looking shirts and hoodies at the new Stoic Coffee Shop. Also, if you know of somebody that would benefit from or would appreciate this podcast, please share it. Word of mouth is always the best way to help this podcast grow. Thanks again for listening, 
and we'll talk to you next week.